Ladies, what questions do you have about the Word of God? Let's talk. Scripture is sufficient for every need in a Christian's life. We meet the very God of the universe between the worn and wrinkled pages of His Word. Do you crave more of your Lord today? Grab your Bible and let's find some answers, some hope, together. Don't forget the coffee. You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast with hosts Kim, Kimberly, and Brandy. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. You can check out all our previous episodes at SheDisciples.com or on iTunes. Hello, Kimberly and Brandy. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Doing great. Excited to be here with my friends. Yes. Love it. Okay. So let's talk about our extra friend we have today. Yay. We have Marcy Farrell of the thankfulhomemaker.com joining us, and she is a great friend of our ministry, and we are just so thankful to have her today. She's going to talk with us about having a simple Christmas. Welcome, Marcy. Hi, ladies. It's so good to be here. We are so glad to have you. Let me tell our audience just a little bit about who you are, and then we will get right into the conversation. Marcy is a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ, married to her husband, Doug, for over 30 years, mother, mother mother-in-law, and grandmother. She is here by God's grace and overwhelmed by her kindness in redeeming her as his daughter. You can find her blogging about loving her husband, children, and grandchildren, Bible study, reading, sharing her faith, homekeeping, cooking, sidewalk counseling, and making lists at The Thankful Homemaker. And that's, Marcy, something that we really love about your site. Pretty much anything that we need that falls under the umbrella of biblical womanhood, you've got on your site. And we're just very thankful for your ministry. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm just thankful to be here with you, ladies. You become favorites of mine, and I just feel like we just become good friends just through our online time together with your blog and your podcast, it's become favorites and um, just regulars on my agenda every week. So thank you. Oh, thank you. We, we're humbled. So when we talked about what scripture to discuss on our conversation about a simple Christmas, you mentioned the wonder that Mary had over being chosen as the mother of Jesus. So let's look at Luke 1 as we get started. I'm going to have Brandy read it because she's our, she's our sage. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be so eloquent. She is very eloquent. We like her because she doesn't trip over her words like you and I do, Kimberly. Uh, Right? (laughs) You guys are so kind. (laughs) All right. No pressure, Brandy. Right. No pressure at all. (laughs) So, like Kim said, we're going to Luke chapter 1, verses 28 and 29, and then we're also going to read verse 38. And coming in, he said to her, he being the angel Gabriel, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is God's word. You know, it was really interesting when you were reading that. I like how the NA. I believe it's the NASB. No, it's the ESV. It uses the word ponder. It uses the word discern. Mm. I liked that. Because I kept thinking about the word ponder, you know, and thinking about that when I was reading this passage the other day. But I really like that, that she would, it was the idea of discernment. Mm. But anyway, (laughs) um, Marcy, Uh, Why don't you tell us why this passage makes you think about the simplicity of Christmas? You know, um, many things. As the busy Christmas season is upon us, we find ourselves 
all wrapped up in so many different activities of the season from planning and cooking and cleaning and shopping and decorating and ministry activities and so many other tasks that just seem to come about during Christmas, in addition to just our normal activities that we have to deal with during that time of year. So for me personally, I can lose focus and need to continue to pray to the Lord to remind me to have the heart of Mary and a different Mary here I'm referring to at this moment and just not get caught up with the attitude of Martha and all that needs to be done because I am very task focused. I'm just one of those type A personalities and it's how my mind works. So I need to be intentional and prayerful to not miss the wonder of the Christmas season. And that passage in Luke reminds me really to ponder and think deeply as Mary did about the truth of Jesus, who he was, Emmanuel, God with us. There's just much to think of there. And um, Luke 2.19 is another favorite verse I just love to turn to where Mary treasured and pondered these things in her heart. And Kimberly, as you mentioned, that I'd love to know even what um, the ESV, I haven't looked that up and I'm not, I don't have a Bible in front of me to even wonder what is pondered in that verse. I wonder if it's also discerned then if it's the same translation, because that is kind of interesting. I love Mary because she was a thinker. And um, as you say, to discern, we need to really think and be discerning about God's word. And more than once we find Mary, again, pondering and treasuring things in her heart. And pondering is, it's hard work. Many of us never get around to it because it's hard to find quiet moments in this busy season to just really focus and, and think deeply of the things of the Lord. Um, I think that the even the aspect that we hear the Christmas story so often that it really loses its impact on us. You know, you can kind of picture Mary sitting there looking at sweet little Jesus's face as she holds him in her arms and thinking to herself, this is God in the flesh. Mm. And here she is. She's just a young girl and she's given birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So Christmas, for me personally, really can be a time to remind me to refocus to again, think deeply about the realities of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And my husband reminds me often, and I love that about him, that God's word is alive. It's true. And I want to continually know and grow more in my love and knowledge of who the Lord is and truly ponder deeply on those things. So they take root and they bring about change in my walk with him, that they would grow me more in my love for him and through that in my love for others. And that starts first within the four walls of my own home. So and just a good reminder that if we're a child of God, we've been chosen to be an instrument that God's using to fulfill his purposes. Mary was chosen to give spiritual life to the Son of God, and we're chosen to give spiritual life and encouragement to others. So some questions to even think about, are, are we living an eternally focused life? Do we take the time to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others? And again, I come back, including those in our own homes. Um, so many times we don't enjoy the moments the Lord has given us, those moments where we should be taking the time to give family and friends our undivided attention. And again, I am so guilty of this because there can be those moments. And actually it happened this morning. I was in the midst of things and my husband came up to hug me. And instead of just stopping and enjoying, I could feel myself ready to pull away quickly and think, oh my goodness, I'm in the midst of doing like 12 things right now. This is right. really, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Guilty. Mm -hmm. Like those 12 things aren't going to be there when I've taken 30 seconds to hug him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Where's my priority in that moment? Yes. I love that, Brandy. Cause I, I forget that. So just reminding myself, I, um, I think I have a couple verses that always stand out to me because they 
they're ones I need reminded. And it's First Thessalonians 5.18 tells me to be thankful. And then through all things, I mean, that's God's will for me. So even the busy times, I need to give thanks in. And I can be an inward grumbler in my head. So I may look all good on the outside to people, but that's not really what's going on inside of my heart. And the Lord sees that. So I think of um, Philippians 2.14 as one constantly. I, you know, I think we use this for our children, but I really need that. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. And that's no complaining, no matter how chaotic the days may seem to continually give thanks in and through them. So some things to think about is to make sure you plan and you're intentional during this season to get some quiet time away from the busyness, to pray and be alone with the Lord. Read and reread Christmas passages alone and together with your family. I love like Matthew 1 and Luke chapter 2, Isaiah 7 and 9 are great, and, and Micah 5, just some good places to go to get that refocus of Christmas during this time of year. And um, one last thought here, it's, it's such a reminder for us that Mary knew God's word because in the time she lived, she was probably illiterate, but she had heard the word of God and kept it hidden in her heart. Mm. So how well do we know God's word? Are we able to speak the words of his truth to others? Do we speak his truth to our own hearts? And is our time in the word an important part of our day, no matter how busy our schedule looks? Mm. Yes, because that's the easy one to, to, to push aside, isn't it? It is. It's easy to let that one go when we're looking at the to-do list for today and saying, you know, do I really have that 30 minutes or an hour, whatever we take to sit down? And and yet it's the most important part of our day. It should be. Right. Right. Yeah, ironically, that's what we neglect during the time of year when we're supposed to be focusing on the Savior's birth. And yet, you know, I can have this idol of the perfect holiday and wanting to make sure everything's just right. And then my heart turns into a Martha, like you said, Marcy. It and is. I'm not sitting at the Lord's feet and pondering Him like Mary did and, and worshiping Him, both Marys, actually, like you said. Yes. Mm. Well, and there's another aspect of that, you know, when we have such a long to-do list, we could shift to the other side and yeah, we do it, but it just became another thing on that checklist and we didn't ponder, like you said, Marcy. It's a good reminder, Kim, to, you know, we we can get so routine with things and, and really we miss Jesus in the moment of the day and even in our time with him. So I'm guilty of that. Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) So we all say that we want to keep Christmas simple. Like that's something I hear people say they want to do, but then we we don't practically functionally live that out. So how do we go about doing that practically speaking? You know, it comes back to to and this sounds it sounds odd to say, but we have to plan and be intentional to do that because things don't just happen. So even keeping Christmas simple doesn't happen without thinking about what that looks like for your family. And as we were just talking before in my mind, it came to me, I thought, how often do we plan for the, the physical aspects of our day, those to do, but we don't think about the spiritual aspects to plan, whether it's a meal, you know, I can take the time to plan all the perfect food and I've neglected what are, what are the spiritual aspects of this? How am I going to bring Christ into this time of fellowship together? And yeah. I, I don't take the time to do that. So I do want to share, as as I'm sharing this, you're going to determine what it looks like for your family. It's not this template to just go through. So it's really to get our minds thinking spiritually how to focus on Christ and what that looks like within our own families. And there are so many distractions out there with Facebook and Pinterest because there's zillions Mm -hmm. of ideas. 
And everybody, yes. <laughs> I'm a huge Pinterest fail. I'm just going to admit it right here for everyone, for all of our <laughs> listeners to hear. Oh, no. Uh, you know, the, the lamb, the picture of the, the lamb cake. That's me. Oh, Kim, I'm with you on that one. I just, I, I know you and I just talked. I'm in the midst of making a pumpkin roll, and that's what I'm picturing. That lamb picture is that's <laughs> going to be embedded it. in my head. Yes, <laughs> just ever embedded in my head. Yes. <laughs> so. Pinterest is not something that interests me in any way, shape, or form. I just, it, it just, it would be too overwhelming to get caught up in that. And I am not crafty at all or a baker or any of those things that are on Pinterest. So I I don't like recipes. I like to just cook (laughs) and throw things in and taste it as I go. And anyway, Pinterest, I'm a Pinterest fail. I can't do Pinterest. Well, and we we can struggle with comparing ourselves to others and Pinterest can be a breeding ground for that. I do enjoy Pinterest very much, by the way, but yeah, that can happen. Absolutely. Sorry, I totally hijacked you. No, it, I it just goes back to to the lust of the eyes, and you know, you see that stuff, and oh, look what they do! Oh, I'll try it, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and then it doesn't work again, yeah, right? Again. <laughs> I love, I love Kim though that you get that you, that's not you, and you accept that, and you're content in that, and I think that's something we as women miss. That if there's one thing that we need to grasp all the time, not just this Christmas season, is not to get caught in that comparison trap because it does damage. It robs us of our energy and joy to just love and care for our family the way God equipped us to, you know, that we would have a heart of joy and thanksgiving. And it comes back. True biblical contentment is not in our circumstances, but in God himself. So it's not those gingerbread houses or the cookies or the pumpkin rolls or all the other things that um, have the most impact on our family. The most important thing is it's the attitude of our heart. It's them seeing the gospel lived out in our day-to-day life, even in the midst of these busy seasons. And just reminders that make sure we're loving on them, that we're modeling Christ to them. We're practicing giving thanks in all things. We're taking the time to just sit and chat and hug and love on them and pray for them and to pray for the Lord to give us continued patience during this season and let him see that we're dependent on Jesus for all things. And Mm. I love that. My husband is a good, he's such a good reminder to me. I'm going to throw this at him again because I need this reminder too, that Jesus is enough always. And it's just one of those that goes through my head quite often because I need that reminder that in the midst of chaos or difficult circumstances, even I can get my eyes off of Christ and I forget that he is enough always. So good stuff. Well said. Yeah, so good. And, you know, as we offer suggestions here today, we don't want to give the impression that this is prescriptive. You have to do all this the exact way we're saying, you know, it's descriptive. These are principles and ways that Marcy uses and, and that we use to help focus on Christ at Christmas time. This doesn't mean we're adding to your list of burdens, you know, do this, do this, do this to have a Christ-centered Christmas. We're just we're just trying to to give some some ideas. So so pray through these and and uh, think through them and implement them in a way that serves your family well. Um, so Marcy, what are some ways we can intentionally focus more on Christ in our families this year? You know, I love that question, Brandy, because it is the point of our celebration that Christ would be glorified. And um, some quick things to throw out, too, is as as you're doing this, you really want to sit down with your family and your husband and talk about these things together, because we all have traditions that we do. And 
the, the one thing I don't want you to do is all of a sudden, like you pointed out so beautifully, Brandy, these are just thoughts and ideas to get your mind focused. I, I don't need you to go to your family and go, okay, this is what we're going to do now. You know, now we're changing everything. <laughs> just gonna, <laughs> you know, revamp this whole Christmas. That's, that is not the thought process. It's to look at the things that you're already doing that you love as a family together and just seeing maybe how can you better point yourselves to Christ and then through that, how can he be the focus there? So that's just something I want to, I want to put out there. You know, maybe you're sitting down with your kids and your husband and saying, what traditions do we love as a family? What are some things we do that aren't working well, that we don't love to do very much, but we just do because we've done them forever. And, you know, you're allowed to change things. It's, it's okay to do that, but I, I don't want you to come in and change everything um, and stress your family out and really seek your husband's guidance and um, talk about it together. That is really important. So one of the things that and it's going to come back, I'm going to bring it back here again. One of the main things we need to do during this time is to spend time in prayer and in God's word. And then also right underneath that is to be loving and caring for my own husband and children within my home that the Lord has blessed me with. That really takes precedent over all the other things going on outside if, if I'm neglectful there. So if I'm baking cookies for the whole neighborhood and I'm delivering meals to the poor and needy and my poor family is going without food and being neglected, I'm missing it. So I get that there's busy moments, but that would hopefully not be the norm. And it really comes back to our attitudes in those busy times is still an area we need to continue to seek God's help with. So really, now the question is, how do we intentionally keep the focus on Christ? It begins in our own hearts and attitudes, because we as wives and moms, we do have a huge impact in our homes. This is usually our role to be taken care of as we're planning. I mean, there's there's some um, husbands out there who really take an active role and, um, but for the most part, mom is usually planning the traditions and the meals and the different things and, and seeing them followed through. So I'm reminded here again of Mary. That first Christmas night was not this pristine, calm moment that we picture when we look at our nativity scenes our, and our homes <laughs> really can look anything but calm during this season. So Mary treasured So if my house smells like cow manure <laughs> this season, it's okay. It's That's okay, comforting. Kimberly. It's That's okay. Comforting. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. I know. Think about that is such a fun reminder. It's like, wow, Mary was not in this beautiful picture setting with Christmas lights up and <laughs> doesn't look like our little nativity scenes. <laughs> so, <laughs> gold orb around her head. Yes. Right. <laughs> oh, but she was such a good reminder to us that she cho- she chose to trust the Lord in the midst of all the chaos. And I'm just always reminded by her actions that true peace doesn't depend on our circumstances. It really comes when we set our hearts on what's true and lasting and not in the temporary earthly things. So practically, I'm just going to go through some traditions that we do as a family. And I I really pick some core ones that probably the majority of us do. And and maybe just looking at them, how, how are some ways that you could point to Christ in and through them? So Christmas trees was my first one because most of us have Christmas trees. And I love the smell of a real tree in our home this time of year. And we do alternate between a fake and real tree. We're back in the real tree camp again because it's those grandbabies. <laughs> so <laughs> with those grandbabies, I even found ourselves with one of those large blow up things in my backyard that I said I would never have. I said, I never oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, no, it's in the they... backyard. <laughs> yeah, no. you must have an HOA that that prevents it from being in the front yard. <laughs> no, I I just didn't want anybody to see it, Kim, and I made sure. <laughs> I knew it was like, yeah, I'm 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 caving, but <laughs> I'm caving my way. <laughs> Oh, that's so oh. me. <laughs> oh, so we came to Christ later in our marriage. And my husband and I, you know, Christmas was a total revamping for us as new believers now after being married 15 years. And now we become Christians. And, you know, I kind of we've been celebrating Christmas sort of like having this birthday party and we forget to invite and celebrate with the main guest. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden everything's turned around. So as I'm looking at my Christmas tree over the years, I don't have a lot of Christmas ornaments that are focusing on Christ. We have a lot of Santas and reindeer and all the little holiday ones we get from our trips. So just over the years, we've been choosing more ornaments that celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. We have what I would call a Christmas nail, ornaments that are nativity scenes, um, the names of Jesus ornaments, and various other ones that point to Jesus. And I still have a lot of my other ornaments from trips and memories and gifts. It's not, I'm not telling you that you cannot have those. There's nothing wrong with having those kind of ornaments. <laughs> Let me lay that out there. But really, it's a sweet moment when you're decorating the tree together as a family to just talk about the ornaments as you're hanging them. This isn't anything that has to take any time. But as you're putting them up on the tree together, you know, if you have the names of Jesus ornaments, there's some great researchers out there to help you just kind of go through that a little bit. Make it a fun time with cr- cookies and Christmas carols and Just have fun doing what you would normally do, but being a little more intentional about it. Mm. Um, Nativity scenes. I love nativity scenes. I love that they keep Jesus at the center of the celebration. So there's one under the tree and in my entryway, and that's the one I keep up all year round. And then there's on the coffee table and smaller ones, wherever I can tuck them all over the house, because I love that the focus in all the various rooms is Jesus And I always encourage families with kids to have one that you can play with so the kids can play with it. So you can use it as during your family worship time um, that it's there and the kids, it's just a great visual resource for them. Entertainment, you know, we, we all are reading and watching and listening still. So we can be intentional in those things this Christmas season. And again, I'm not stating that everything you listen to or watch or read has to be totally Christ focused, but it's just a good time of year to share with our families the songs and stories of Jesus, even through our entertainment. I I know for me personally, we just don't seem to listen to Christmas carols all year round. I'm really not sure why I don't do that because I love them. I do <laughs> <But>. <laughs> They're more special if you save them till now, though. It's just part of the mystique, I think, at Christmas time. Thank I, you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you. That makes me feel better. So it's <laughs> It's just a good season to expose them to some good carols that teach theology. You know, learn the meaning behind some of the songs so you can share it as part of your family worship. If you're singing to give a little insight in the song, it's amazing how quickly that song, your eyes are open to the truths and it's so much clearer. The books that you have in your home, you know, think about some great stories. R.C. Sprawl has some great children's books. Um, Oh, so good. I love those. Those are great. Those are great adult stories to read. I love them. They just teach that. Yes, they teach us great spiritual truths simplistically and so beautifully. So, so ponder those sorts of things and be intentional in the, the type of things that you're watching and reading and listening to during the season. We, we keep a big basket with books. All the Christmas books will go in this big basket. And that's what we choose from to read when the grandkids come over. That's the basket. And then I'll, I'll pull out our favorite Christmas movies and keep those out on, on DVD. And I think we still have VHS. <laughs> Just kind of mm-hmm. keep them 
<laughs> and um and just have those to select that time of the year that those are choices and I make my playlists on my Spotify and with my Christmas carols and the different music and I you know I know even some more modern things I love Sovereign Grace music they have some great solid Christmas songs and songs that sing you're singing the gospel and I love that in their music so there's a lot of options out there well, and our unsaved family and friends are more open to that kind of music being on this time of year, you know, a little more tolerant to gospel themed music in the form of Christian Christmas music, but still, you know, so that's a good opportunity. That is. People are so much more receptive to talk about Jesus this time of year. So it's one of those, again, that we want to be intentional and prayerful. And going next into that, I think about our conversations. So we're going to have guests over for dinner. We're probably going to have non-believers in our home. So it can be a great season to intentionally bring the focus on Christ in our conversations. And we can think about some questions that relate to Christmas and just, you know, that opens up opportunities to share the gospel in ways that we, it wouldn't have maybe on a, on a normal night for dinner, just because it's the Christmas season and it's on their heart and mind. I shared your children. This is a great time to bring them into the conversation at dinner to ask questions of your littles to, you know, what sounds may have been heard in the stable Christmas night, or what are some amazing facts about the Christmas story? What's their favorite tradition? What's their favorite carol to just get kids involved in the conversation? So again, nothing big. You're just being intentional. I'm going to keep bringing it back to that word intentional. Um, It doesn't just happen. You're right. We had a a gentleman on who wrote a book on Advent last week, and he was talking about how during the Christmas season, the children are so focused on it that they it's an opportunity for them to to direct us and for Mm. them to to keep it in the forefront of our mind to do things like celebrate Advent or focus on Christ or things like that. And and I just I love that he he brought up the the children's excitement. You can kind of capitalize on that. They are a good example to us many times and really can be very humbling to us to watch their attitudes and responses. And like you said, just the way they think of things and see things, things that we're missing that they see. So it's a great, that's a great thing to remember. Um, Donald Whitney, who I just love, he wrote a book on spiritual disciplines, and that was a great book for me too, as a new believer. But he had a resource out there, and it was called 10 Questions to Ask at a Christmas Gathering. And it was some great questions. I know if you Google that, you can find it. So to just go over with family and friends to kind of keep handy. Maybe it's something you put little questions around the table by everybody's place, and you go through it, or you ask one question at a time. But simple questions from when was your, what was your best Christmas ever to questions as deep as why do you think Jesus came to the earth? Well, that's definitely going to get into a gospel conversation pretty naturally on its own with that type of question. And I loved his reminder at the end of the article, and this is a good reminder for us in in all encounters, to pray before those times of divinely appointed gatherings. Mm. So good stuff. And then family devotions. I, I know this is a great season to start if maybe families aren't in the habit of, of doing a time of family devotions or worship together. And, you know, maybe if you're not, you can make a prayerful suggestion to your husband on doing them. Um, it's something you need to talk about together. But if you're already doing them, it's a great time to find a, a really good, um, maybe a formal Advent reading resource, or you could just go through God's Word together, bringing you through the Christmas story. You know, reading through the Gospels is great looking through the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, 
you know, going through the Old Testament prophecies and seeing where he fulfilled those in the New Testament are good to go through as a family and make it special. Gather around the nativity scene or light a candle, or maybe you practice and do the Advent wreath. I, I love candles. I just think it's such a sweet reminder that Jesus is the light of the world. And when we celebrate Christmas, and how can you, you can't snacks. Everybody has to have snacks. So have a fun snack or hot chocolate or, you know, make it a fun time that everybody just really looks forward to that time of peace and calmness together where your focus is on Christ. One other thing we all do, we all give gifts. That's an area we all do. And Jesus is the ultimate example that the best gifts can't be bought or sold. So there's some great ways to keep Christmas within your budget with inexpensive gifts that really touch the heart. Things like writing thank you letters or giving out coupon books with acts of service listed. Um, Those are great ones I always think for kids to give even to parents or grandparents or for us to give to our spouses. My my husband and I started a joint gift time together. I, I did this myself for him one year. I'd come across this idea somewhere and it was a date night for every month of the year. So I I typed up um, just 12 different activities, things that we love to do together, things as simple as a coffee date with questions to talk about or choosing a book to read together or a bike ride, walk at a nature center, nothing, not expensive. It can be though. We've done like a weekend away or dinner out, but for every month of the year, I picked an activity and just put it in an envelope and wrote, you know, that for January and February. So we looked forward to at the start of the month planning that day on the calendar together. And now we we do it together. So it's been kind of a fun way to have a joint gift with each other. And it guarantees us a date night every month, which we love. The other thing is that there's great resources for unbelieving friends and family. So if you are giving a gift, books are a great gift. I'm always a book default giver because there's just so many good resources out there. Uh, one of my favorites is this book called Jesus Unmasked, and I'm throwing a plug out there from my Todd Friel because I think it's an excellent book mm-hmm. where he, he so clearly shows pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament. And it, it just, beyond a shadow of a doubt, which is another one of his resources I just plugged, <laughs> shows that the Bible is truly a supernatural book written by God. Um, and actually, I'm saying that it makes me want to reread the book now again. Um, just some some good resources out there. So think through your gifts. Again, it's being intentional, thinking it through. And what are some um, what are some opportunities you have to share the gospel, even within your gift giving? But again, we can worry so much about buying the right gift, and then our hearts are off celebrating the true gift with a capital G. So again, bringing the focus back to Christ. Mm-hmm. Christmas cards are a great evangelistic tool. And really, this is just a great time in the season to to reach out to others, you know, missionaries, families in need, keeping a basket with the cards that you receive to pray over those friends and family members. Because when the Lord really uses prayer to remind us of the needs of others, maybe they need a call or a note or a visit. Uh, I do. I have a post that if you take a peek, it's called 14 Simple Outreach Ideas with an Eternal Focus. And there's some simple ideas in it to just Ponder how to reach out with the gospel within your community and within your family, some some simple things to do. Marcy, you have given us so many uh, good practical suggestions, and you have done a really good job of just keeping the focus on Christ. Thank you so, so much for that. Um, before we close, is there anything else that you can think of that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, I, I want to end with something that stood out to me, and, and it's, you know, just really, Noel Piper has this book out. It was called Treasuring God in Our Traditions, and it was a very good resource for me coming into the faith as a new believer, not being raised in a Christian home, so not seeing what 
these holiday celebrations look like, like Christmas and Easter and what that looked like. And she, um, it stood out to me. She had a verse in it that was first Peter one and it says, therefore preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it just reminded me that Advent is a season or the Christmas season for introspection or pondering as Mary did. And she shared some questions that I've really kept in my journal to ask myself, not just this time of year, but all year. And I love them. There's three questions. And Kim, I'll make sure to get you these two because I just think they're great to print out and keep in your journal. But number one is, am I clear thinking and sober minded or are my thoughts mainly trivial? Mm -hmm. Number two, is my hope set fully on the grace I will receive from Jesus at his second coming? Or do I cringe at the thought of leaving behind the life I love? And number mm-hmm. three, am I, am I an obedient child of my father or am I still shaped by the passions that drove me before I became a Christian? You know, Advent reminds me, First um, Peter 1, 10 through 12, there's that, there's that verse in 12 that stands out to me. It says, these saints of the past were serving us referring to the prophets in the Old Testament. But we're now on the other side of Christ's birth where the waiting for his arrival is over. But the re, you know we're living in the fulfilled time. I was good. My husband and I had a great discussion about that this morning again. But the reality is we're still waiting for his second coming. So when I, when I think of Advent, you know, we're still waiting for redemption. Advent can be looked at as a season to look back and one to look forward to prepare for Jesus's coming. Just some last thoughts here. I know that we desire to have a Christ-centered celebration for ourselves and our families, but the greater hope during this season is that our faith and hope in Jesus would be deepened and strengthened, and that we would look with anticipation and joy in His coming again. Okay, Marcy, we're going to switch gears a little bit here and do something fun. The whole thing has been fun, actually. This was a really fun show. But we have some questions for you because we'd like to help our guests get to know you a little bit better. And these are just short answer questions. Try to answer with three words or less. And I don't even know why we say that because we never stick to it. (laughs) Okay. So the first question is name your three most favorite books of the Bible. Okay. James is my first. And that's after doing Jen Wilkins study online, Mm -hmm. the gospel of John. And I love Ruth. Mm -hmm. Good answers. So name three Bible study tools that you can't live without other than the Bible itself. Oh, my my journal, a dictionary, and my John MacArthur study Bible. Nice. <laughs> All right. Name something you've learned to do in your Christian walk that you wish you would have learned sooner. You know, um, spend more time in prayer. That would be my big one. I think that's what I said when it was my turn, too. That's a big mm-hmm. one. Self-sufficiency is my middle name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on that one, Brandy. That's why I need that too. (laughs) Name one Christian person, living or dead, who you'd like to have a meal with other than Jesus. Elizabeth Elliot, because I just Mm -hmm. love her directness. I would love to sit with her and glean her wisdom and just to sit with her. Okay, so Kimberly, was that not your answer as well when we did this? No, it was not. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. I just assumed because you love her so much too. <laughs> I, I do love her. I, um, I have, I have actually, I've been to, to Ecuador twice to shell where she mm. served mm. and 
I would go back there in a heartbeat and live and minister to um, missionary wives. Um, there's a lot of mission activity that goes on in Ecuador. Um, so, yeah, I love her. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've sat at the radio where she, re- you know, received the, the the information that her husband and and the four others that had, had passed away. Um, but, no, she was not at that time. I, I wanted to meet with somebody else. <laughs> so, uh, so it awesome is funny how it. many how many Me Too moments Kimberly and Marcy have had. They're like, you know, separated yeah. at birth people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Marcy a lot. I really think she's pretty special. I'm really glad Ooh. that you came on and let us interview you. I love being here. I love all you ladies. I do love my Kimberly, though, with our birds and all our other fun things. So, <laughs> yeah, I... I do the nativity thing too. So uh, if you come to my house, I, I have nativities from different countries. Um, and it's really fun because you get to see their perspective on what Jesus and the whole the scene look like. So Russians typically have wider set eyes. Mm-hmm. So my Russian nativity, the eyes are very wide set. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, it's really unique. You go to different countries. And so the spin on the nativity, they look, the 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 characters of the nativity look more like their culture. So that's always fun for me. That's pretty neat. That's kind of fascinating. I'd love to see that. You're going to have me start a new tradition, Kimberly. Thank you. I'm adding <laughs> one to my list now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one we brought back from Germany didn't have... Um, faces, but it was carved out of wood from the Black Forest. Mm-hmm. I have a and, friend who spent several years in in Germany in the military, and she her I've seen hers, and it's the same way. Yeah, yeah. There's a it's it's a kind of a fun way to have conversation. It brings up co- really good conversations, you know. And then I think my favorite is the one that my daughter made in first grade, made out of clothespins. Aww. <laughs> that is so sweet. That Aww. is so sweet. I have one that I made for my grandma when I was a little girl out of ceramics and you had to sand it back in the day and Mary doesn't have a nose, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much Those sanding. Are the best. <laughs> Those are the best. <laughs> oh. That's fine. We're sitting awesome. here. We're sitting here and recording this. It's the day before Thanksgiving. And so in that, in the context of that, Marcy, what are your three favorite foods? I love this because they're nothing to do with Thanksgiving brandy. Isn't that great? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I have a really bad sweet tooth, so my first one is I love that Chicago mixed popcorn. It's really the only reason I have a Costco membership because you can get the really big bag. <laughs> um, I, love, <laughs> I love ice cream, and I like a good steak once in a while a good steak. Really? That's interesting because usually it's the guys that every single time Uh, we've had a guy on here. Yeah. (laughs) I just love a good, I don't know what that is. I just, I like beef. It's just, (laughs) I'm obviously not a vegetarian. That's pretty obvious now, but (laughs) no one says kale ever though. No one, not once or salad. Right. No. No, no one has ever said that. You're right. But you know what? You brought up a steak at our home. We, we don't have the traditional Thanksgiving meal. We always eat steak. And so that's what we'll be having tomorrow. Oh, that sounds really good. I may have to pop down south tomorrow for a little bit. 
bring my pumpkin roll with me. Thank you. That, I, I'll give you a steak for a pumpkin roll. That, that sounds like a good trade-off to me. Oh. Our most important question of the day, though. So take some time. Think this over. Ponder it. This can't be taken lightly. How do you take your coffee? I drink coffee with my cream. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> we love you anyway. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> See, you were so much like Kimberly until you said that one. Right. That's enough. How does Kimberly take her coffee? What do you do, Kimberly? <laughs> well, it's French press, so it's pretty potent. Very and, seriously. Um, the very, I do take my coffee seriously. I have a coffee station with, um, you know, the grinder beans only and and don't be putting the girly flavors in it (laughs) (laughs) that's so good I do have a coffee station Kimberly we kind of changed a little area in our family room to a coffee bar so that's so Oh, there you go well (laughs) mine is there 24 7 and people know that if they come to my house that you know they don't need to bring me Starbucks because I've got it I've got it all there for them. But with French press, you know, you got to grind your beans and it, it, I, a little labor intensive. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's really revealing my impatience because you have to let it sit for four minutes with the water on. Wow. Right. Right. So, you know, you wake up and you're, you're groping for your coffee and then it's like, oh, I got to stand here for four minutes. (laughs) It's really (laughs) pathetic. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's good. So if you ever come to, to Cali, I will, I will make you a cup of French press. I will take it. And I'll make sure I have plenty of cream for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies, so much for your time today. Well, thank you so much. You are such a pleasure. We are so thankful to have had you, Marcy. Thank you for being on the show. It was good to be here today. You can find more from Marcy on her awesome blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. She's also very active on Facebook and Pinterest because she's not a Pinterest fail like me. And she can be found on both of those at Thankful Homemaker. Is that correct, Marcy? That is correct. Thank you, Kim. If you enjoy listening to the podcast on iTunes, could you share a review on iTunes for us? We would be so thankful. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk with you again next week. Enjoy your coffee.